Welcome once again to Ask. I'm Pastor Jamie. We got a great episode for you. Welcome back once again. I'm Pastor Jamie. We're at Cornerstone, and this is where you ask questions about the Bible, faith, life. You can submit them to cornerstonebv.org. There's a media page, drop down. Uh, you hit ask, you put your question in. You can leave your name or not. Most people don't. Um, remember, if you have a question, someone else does. So you put it in the next few weeks, whatever, keep watching, you'll see your question and see what I have to say about it. All right. Uh, this one is a little intricate with Bible verses, uh, but I think it's a good one. Um, does 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 teach that after the rapture, no others will be saved because God sends a powerful delusion? Um, and if so, how do they show up and have it in Revelation 7 14? So let me give you at least some of that. All right. Um, in 2 Thessalonians, um, Paul is dealing with a very specific problem. The Thessalonians were believing some kind of circulating lie, probably a letter with the falsified name of Paul himself, uh, we don't know for sure, but probably, saying that, um, that, that the day of the Lord, right, the, the end, has already happened. And they were starting to believe that. And so Paul was like, no, 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 no. remember what we taught you? You'll know and here's how. He starts giving uh, reasons, right? And, and, and uh, here's, a cult. here's what it says starting in verse nine. The coming of the lawless one or the antichrist, right? Is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth to be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Okay, so first of all, which we've dealt with and I'm not going to again, at least for this question, uh, we've dealt with many times on Ask, is the various differences on the views of the rapture. It seems like in this case, Paul is saying that the end when the Lord comes and gathers his people all is one event. Right, so some are pre-trib, some are uh, mid-trib, not, not as many, and then there's post-trib, meaning the rapture happens, the gathering of God's people in, at the day of the Lord. Um, that seems to be what Paul is saying here, but there's plenty that disagree, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but if that's the case, right, then what that's saying is during the time of the Antichrist, there's uh, going to be those who have rejected the gospel are not gonna be saved and God sends a delusion in judgment to them. It doesn't say, it says he's doing that for those people. It still leaves open, if you're more of a pre-trib, it still leaves open the possibility that there are people that are not in that category. They aren't saved yet, but they're not those that have just outright in their spirit rejected the gospel. God knows those hearts, God knows those lives, he knows their past, present, and future. And so that's just part of the judgment of those who will never be Christians. Um, not a judgment we should make, but it's a judgment that God makes. Now, uh, in, Re in Revelation uh, 7, 14, it says, "Then this is an image of heaven, right? Then one of the elders addressed me saying, who are these clothed in white, clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? I said to him, sir, you know, and he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Um, so it seems like these are people out of the tribulation um, that, that got saved. And so again, depending on your, your, when you think the rapture is, this would be before the day of the Lord. So it still leaves open what Paul says to the Thessalonians. Um, but there is some that don't see that definite article as a very specific, the tribulation. Some think that scholars believe that he's talking about tribulation of being a Christian throughout the age of the church. Um, and so it leaves open for it either way. And so what I would say is that 
um, you, it's not an absolute 100% crisis that we know exactly how God is going to do that. When the time comes, we will know what to deal with, what, what to do with it, what, how to deal with that, and what God does is perfectly just and perfectly right. Okay? All right. Second one, another good question. You guys are good. Good scholars here watch and ask. You should do these episodes and I should ask questions. Who is the angel of the Lord? Um, and so there are many times in Old Testament and New Testament where it says an angel or angels, plural, or just just angel, um, and in and, and both Old and New, right? Um, but there is very specific verses, I won't list them all out, you can Google it, where it says definitively the angel of the Lord, where it seems to be uh, a, a separate uh, being that it's distinct. Um, and they usually um, identify, usually the angel of the Lord speaks as God, identifies himself with God, and exercises the responsibilities of God. Um, let me give you one example from Genesis chapter uh, 16. This is when Hagar um, is, has been cast out of Abraham's family. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring and a way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, what, where have you come and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing for my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord who said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for the multitude, right? So that's speaking as God, I'm going to do that, right? And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son and you shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has listened to your affliction. And so you can kind of see throughout that account, the angel of the Lord seems to be speaking at, at a level as if God. So there's many that believe that the angel of the Lord is a pre-incarnation of Christ, the second person of the triune God. Um, and, and another thing that evidence that goes along with that is you don't see the angel of the Lord in the New Testament, it's in the Old Testament, because that's after the incarnation of Christ and he's taken on flesh, right? Um, there is one time where it says the angel uh, of the Lord uh, and that's in the visitation to Joseph, but um, it's the second time he's mentioned, so it seems like he's saying the angel that we've already described, right? Other than that, not mentioned in the New Testament. Do we know it definitively? We don't, but it's kind of a cool concept. When you look at those times where the angel of the Lord was there, that that might have been Christ before he took on flesh and was born in Bethlehem. So take that for what it's worth. Lastly, not too long of a question. In Genesis, God rested on the seventh day. Has God rested since then? So that's a little bit of a lack of understanding what it means. God did not rest from being God on the seventh day. He never rests, never slumbers, never sleeps, right? So he's always God, all powerful, all knowing, in control of all things. The seventh day, he rested from creation because in his first six days, he created everything and everything was perfectly good. And so, he rests in his glory on the seventh day. So that also um, provides a later pattern for human beings. How important it is for us to rest and to Sabbath, to, to both um, recoup, um, to enjoy God's creation, and to also acknowledge that he is the creator and we trust him in all things. And so God didn't rest in the same way we all do, so no. God has never rested and he won't, so you don't need to worry about something happening in your life when God's taking a nap, okay? 
Good question. Hopefully you will submit all of your other questions to uh, cornerstonebv.org and uh, we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. In the meantime, see us this weekend, Saturday at five or Sunday at nine or 11 to gather to worship our Lord together. See you then.